Hello and welcome to Music and Film Saves the World podcast. I'm Chris Rice and I'm joined with my good friend Gareth Jones. Uh, yeah, very good afternoon, mate. You alright? I'm fine, thank you. I am fine. And what we are doing today is we are looking at our 10 favourite Britpop albums. So uh, looking at that period in the 90s where music really gave probably the biggest burst and cultural influence that music had had probably since the 60s obviously there were things that happened in the 70s and 80s but for us gareth and i were both teenagers in the 90s so the blur versus oasis and all the other bands that sort of exploded around them because of that their popularity mm-hmm. there were some absolutely cracking albums in this decade and um and we're going to give us your 10 favorites um, we're not going to include Blur and Oasis, so we've got a separate podcast for that, the Blur versus Oasis one, where we've ranked our favourite Blur and Oasis albums. Um, we're not going to include them on this because, I don't know about you, Gareth, I think they'll probably it'll take up at least four or five places with an Oasis yeah, and Blur album. So yeah, probably more I think, than that, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's important just to let's skew away from that and, and do some of the other massive bands um, that were about um, at that period in time. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off um, because we probably will have very different top tens. We're going to do Gareth's going to do his top 10 and then I'll do my top 10 and we'll have a chat between us about it. Um, We're going to have a a little bit of a a chat about some of the other artists around at that point in time. Um, I've, I've also got a list, Gareth, of bands and artists that I think benefited from Britpop, which weren't necessarily Britpop art, technically mm-hmm. Britpop artists. I mean, Britpop's is just a, a word, really, that just takes in more of the indie bands and all yeah. that type of thing. But yeah. And also um, some honourable mentions of some albums that probably I reckon there's some albums you would have loved to be in the top 10, but you just couldn't oh. quite put in. It, it, <laughs> so. it's, been a, it's been a brutal list you know as in trying to get them down to just 10 albums and, yeah, you know I, I think i think i think my my initial list i think came to about 30 and i had to wow. i was like okay so this is this is going to be much harder than i thought <laughs> <laughs> and i tried I to do it ju- i tried to do it ju- ju- just like you know one you know i didn't want to repeat like for example yeah. get three charlatans albums or in there and like that i just yeah, wanted yeah. to be you know one band you know, no, 10 I bands, know. basically. I know what bands, you mean, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, um, at one point, I almost messaged you and said, I think we need to do a top 20. But I thought <laughs> our, podcast, yeah. our podcast so far got on go on long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Very let's true. keep it to the 10. Okay, yeah. then, let's kick it off, Gareth. Um, first, before you go into the top 10, a few honourable mentions. Who didn't make it? Uh, okay, well, some honourable mentions. Uh, I mean, there were so many. Uh, but, you know, ones that kind of immediately sprung to mind as being some favourites um, was uh, there was um, Echo Belly's second album from 1995. It was called On. Absolutely yep. fantastic. It's the one that had great things on it and King of the Curb. Yep. Yeah, um, of course. You know, fantastic bands. I uh, saw them live a few years ago. Still the same lineup and still yep. absolutely brilliant um really really good bands um other honorable mentions um uh, uh the verve second album from 1995 that'll be a northern soul absolutely incredible my favorite verve album by far you know uh um 
I was never a massive fan of Urban Hymns. I think it was because when Urban Hymns came out, it was Oasis Blur or nothing else, frankly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, looking back, Northern Soul was unbelievable. Um, and then we, and then uh, uh, there was a band from about '98 called Ultrasounds who were massively hyped in the press. Um, you know, th- they released like uh, one. They released an out al- one album before they split. It was uh, it was called Everything wow. Picture. It's a double album. Didn't really sell, you know. Though it was when there were so many of those bands that were massively hype, but didn't really translate yeah. that hype yeah. into record sales. But yeah, everything picture, wonderful. It's kind of, kind of, I don't know, like suede meets like sort of glam, kind of like Slade T Rex kind of stuff. Really, really good. And my final honourable mention, and this was the most brutal of them all. This, this was in my top 10 up until literally a few days ago. And that's uh, Shed 7, the maximum high. I know. Uh, Shed 7. I, I, I feel yeah. you. It's yeah. it's, I, I won't give too much away, but it's the same for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was their second album. It was the hit machine. You know, yeah. there was five or six singles came off that album. I saw them twice on that, uh, th- that year when they were touring. And yeah, just... Shed Seven were great, man. You know, yes, they weren't the coolest by a long shot, um, but you can't deny those singles, man. You know, going for gold, getting better, bully boy, chasing rainbows. Where have you been tonight? Just well, that hits brilliant. album was brilliant. Yeah. That hits album. Oh uh, yeah, brilliant. yeah. Hits yeah. albums in this top yeah. ten, which we haven't. Yeah. Obvious reasons. Yeah. I think going for gold would be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's great. Wonderful. Hit. It's perfect. And, and I liked, and I liked their comeback album from a few years ago. Yes, really good. Room in my hand is a brilliant song. Yeah, it was surprising how good that album was. You know, yeah, I, was, yeah, I was really chuffed. You know, I was really chuffed yeah, that they yeah. came out something that good. Cool. No, no, I mean, all of those are quite. Uh, any others that? Uh, I mean, I've got a massive list of honourable mentions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were so many. You know, like um, a, a sleeper, the it girl. Um, um, stuff like uh, Men's Wear's debut album was great. Um. Uh, dodgy three piece sweet that was pretty close to getting on my top 10 um i mean it was so there was so many it was you know uh, i've just basically have been on a massive nostalgia trip for the past few cool. weeks like trying to collate this down to 10 albums it's been it's been wonderful <laughs> frankly it's been oh, wonderful yeah. i know it is good fun doing this it is good fun and i think mm-hmm. and part of me is thinking you know when when i've done this i might just go through my top these this top 10 and listen mm-hmm. to them and uh Again, because some of them I listen to quite regularly, but some I haven't listened yeah. to for a while. So, yeah. right, yeah. let's get on with it, Gareth. Let's hear your top ten Britpop albums. Okay, um, my number ten Britpop album um, was released um, February 1996. It comes from a band called Marion, and the album is called This World and Body. Um, wow. So- Tell me about this because I've got no knowledge of Marion. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I mean you know, I've heard, I've heard the name, but I couldn't. Yeah, I yeah. don't have many knowledge of Marion. So, uh, well, it, I mean, it was a top ten album. This, this was the thing. Like, you know, at the time with all these Britpop bands, um, so many of them had like amazing singles. They all, it was always good singles. Pick any Britpop band from Ocean Colour Scene to Sleeper, whoever, right? All their singles were bangers, absolute bangers. The, the thing w- that was different with Marion, the singles were absolutely incredible. They had an amazing song called Sleep and uh, Let's All Go Together. You know, both uh, top 20 hits, I think. Um, but it was their their album tracks. They were kind of like, I don't know, like a, 
like a heavier Smiths, I guess, you know, very much kind of kitchen sink drama kind of lyrics, you know, finding beauty in the mundane, all this kind of stuff. Um, but, but they had serious live chops as well. They were, they, they were a really good live band. I saw them at Reading, oh, 97. Uh, yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, it's a, a bit of a lost cut, but it was, I think it was, it was a top 10 album when it came out. Um, but, you know, really well reviewed across the board. But it's just like one of those, but there were so many of those bands that were just kind of like footnotes. You know, if you were yeah, sort of. Yeah, there was if, a few bands that you thought, you thought they're going to do well and then. Yeah. They didn't, and, you know, if you know, if you divided it, you know, if you divided it, into, you know, Premier League, first division, second division, Marin would kind of be like mid-table first division. You know, they weren't, they, you know, they weren't up there with like, you know, your Pulps and Supergrass and Blur and Oasis and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, they only released two albums. Second album was actually produced by Johnny Marr. Oh right. Um, in 1998. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, or, you know, as with a lot of the Britpop bands, it kind of ended nastily with, you know, drug issues, alcohol, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, yeah. you know, in, ter- in terms of the music, it's an album that I that never left me. I've, I've still got my original cassette copy of it. Um, I played it again in, in the run up to this podcast and it's such a good album. It's on it's on Spotify, so I'd say make a note of it. It's a yeah, wonderful. I'm gonna, album. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note really, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, no. You you'd really like it, mate. You'd really yeah. like it. Cool. No, that sounds good. It's a good recommendation as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, exactly. So number. So your number nine. Uh, my number nine will be uh, from 1994, and it's um, the third album by the Charlatans, uh, up to our hips. My favourite Charlatans oh. album. Wow. Because uh, I, I, I thought that you were going to put in 95's The Charlatans in yeah, there. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. For, for a while, that was the album. But I went back and listened to this one again. And I was like, no, this is the one for me. This is the one so where eight they... Singles, eight singles are on this one, then? Uh, Can't Get Out of Bed. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jesus Hairdo. Uh, I Never yeah. Want an Easy Life if me and he were ever to get there. They were the three singles. But yeah, I think Can't Get Out of Bed was the biggest hit. That was a top 20 yeah. hit. I remember doing that on Top of the Pops. And I think this is the album where they developed that Charlatan's template that they took yeah. uh, to much greater success with the self-titled and telling stories. That kind of yeah. loose, Rolling Stones-y kind of groove. You know, the Hammond organ. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing I... I love the, the thing that I, I mean. I'll always, I've always loved the Charlatans, you know, as of you. Um, but yeah, I, I have, yeah, yeah this period always kind of fascinated me because there was that, you know, the first album, Some Friendly, was obviously it was massive, it was a number one album. Then the second yeah. album, between 10th and 11th, they kind of got they spent a lot of time in America. And then with this third album, uh, even though it was a top 10 album, they couldn't really get arrested in this country at the time, they were nothing, it looked almost like Yesterday Men. Um, but you know, it, it was really cool because uh, um, a lot of the be- uh, a lot of the um, Chemical Brothers uh, before they became the Chemical Brothers, they were called the Dust Brothers, and they did a lot of remixes yeah. of tracks on this album and put them out as B sides. Um, so it was, and and yeah, I think um, um, uh, uh, Tim, the singer, uh, he he did some tracks with Chemical Brothers as well around this sort of time. And they were kind of, they're kind of melding that kind of psychedelia with the dance and the kind of loops. Yeah. And, you know, the, just 
I think it's their most consistent album, and I love the fact that it's. I don't know. It's just what it, again, like Marin, it's a bit of a lost classic. It's one that never gets talked yeah. about when people do, when people talk about the Charlatans. It, I, I love, you know, you just sort of dig a little bit deeper in their back catalogue, and there was such a consistent band, especially around this time. They benefited so greatly after a second resurgence from the Brit pop scene. I mm. mean, though, you know, that though, both the Charlatans and Telling Stories both went to number one albums in 95 yeah. and 97. I think they probably yep. supported some of the, they were probably, you know, supported. Did they support Oasis? They did support Oasis definitely in 96, didn't they? Yeah. Nebworth. Yeah. Um, Nebworth, yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. yeah and that, that must've benefited them. Oh, hugely. Um, hugely. And, and one of the only bands probably on our lists that's still going. Yep. Strong. Yep. Yeah. And as, as it never well, split, as, as it never split up. Yeah. They kept on going. Yeah, yeah, going. yeah, yeah, still going. My favourite uh, uh, Charlatans album is Wonderland from 2000. Ah, okay, Absolutely yeah. Love Great. Love is the key. Brilliant I like song. Ted's story. Yeah, I love that album. Um, mm, mm, and mm. Uh, it's my... I've played that to absolute... Uh, it was one of those albums that I was like, listen to Wonderland to people, listen to Wonderland, the Charlottes, because it's a slight different sound, but... Yeah, number nine. And the Char- I'm glad you got a Charlotte's album. I thought you were going to put the self-titled one in there, but as you say, almost there. But yeah, it was almost there. It was yeah, it was it was a straight up knife fight between the self-titled and up to our hips. And up to our <laughs> hips was victorious. Cool. Yeah, that's the one for me. Lovely. Uh, okay, uh, number eight. My number eight Britpop album is uh, Supergrass. In it for the money. Ooh. From 1997. Yeah, not wanting to do too much spoilers, always been a favourite of mine. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought you might say that. I thought you might say that. Uh, um, for, I'm not going to say too much about it myself. No, no. You, you tell yeah. me how you say it. I mean, I mean, for many years, my favourite Supergrass album was the debut Ishikoko, and I still love Ishikoko. I love that youthful exuberance that debut album has. It's yeah. it's wonderful. It's such an amazing yeah. summer album. But it was the yeah. fact that they they followed it up. Um, with an album that was a bit darker, a bit heavier. There was no jaunty or right songs on this album. And I love the fact that the first single released from it uh, was Richard III. I remember hearing Richard III because that came out around the time of Song 2. And I was like, all these Britpop bands are getting heavy. This is wonderful. You know, um, and then, you know, the album came out and it, it's it, it's great. There was so much, and it, it proves... Well, to me, and to be honest, I think to a lot of people that there was much more to this band than we are young, we are green, keep our teeth nice and clean and jaunty, kind of poppy, you know, radio songs. There was a lot more to them. You know, songs like Late in the Day and Cheapskate, yeah. uh, Tonight, yeah. uh, Going Out. Um, but yeah, yeah just, going, going Out was released as a single, like a summer, the summer before the summer, album. Yeah, so, yeah, summer in like six. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was kind of surprised it was on the album. I thought it was going to be a bridging single, like whatever was. Yeah, but no, it's on the album. Yeah, and but, yeah. It's, 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 but they're another one, like like the Charlatans, so consistent. All their albums are yeah. great, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I you know, always like Supergrass, and, and I went and, and, it, and, and, and again, like what you were talking about with Shed Seven, Supergrass's greatest hits. It's absolutely wonderful. It's so yeah, good. It is. It's so good. And their later stuff is their later stuff is good as well. When they went a bit more mm. mellow, St. Petersburg's yeah. a great song. Mm. Um, and I went to see them in Birmingham around that time. That mm. album came. Road to Ruin 
came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good album. Do you think In It For The Money slightly underperformed? Because it came out the same day as Telling Stories by The Charlatans. It did, yeah. Now, yeah. out of those two albums, I think Supergrass were expected to be to win over The Charlatans. Yeah, I think so. And they were very hyped to the they're very hyped yeah. for Supergrass. Well, I should Coco was a big selling album. There was yeah. things were talked about. They were going to have a TV show. Yes. All that yes. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I was, I can remember being surprised at the time because I bought both those albums, Charlotte mm-hmm. Selling Stories, Supergrass, yeah. for the money. I think I yeah. bought them the, the day they came out. But I was a little mm-hmm. bit surprised that Supergrass ended up at two, Charlatans at one, mm. and it's never really then after that took off for them was probably expected of them yeah no that's true because following telling stories charlatans became an arena band they headlined reading the following year after telling stories yep. supergrass never quite made that leap to arenas and they you know they were main support at reading and things like that but they, they never quite made it to the headliner i i think a lot of it is to do with in it for the money is it's it's much more of a, a gnarlier album than telling stories. Telling stories is kind of I mean telling stories is a wonderful album, but it's much easier yeah. on the ear than in it for the money. In it for the money is quite a dark album. It's quite yeah. a dark album, uh, and I think as much you know as much as I mean you know my favorite Supergrass song is Richard III, and I love the fact that they had yeah. that they released that as the first single. But it's it's quite a gnarly, yeah. heavy song, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for, for people that would have got into them from listening to All Right and even going out and, you know, stuff like that, you know, it was quite a, a left-hand turn, you know. And I think that yeah. was the – I no, think no, that's – I, I, think, I, I think that's what pe- put people off. But I also think that yeah. the fact that they – I think if they continued down that All Right road, they wouldn't have done a third album. I think that would have been it. You know, people would have talked yeah. about them uh, as like, oh, there was that that band. They did that one album. And that's it. And I, I love the fact that I think the fact that, that they released a gnarlier album that had a bit more grit under the fingernails that prolonged their career as long as it was, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cool. So your next one. Uh, that was my number eight. My number seven um, from summer of 95. Uh, perfect power pop. Uh, another band like the Charlatans that benefited massively from the Britpop scene and the Britpop sounds is Teenage Fan Club with Grand Prix. Ah, I thought you might have a Teenage Fan Club yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, I'm not so familiar with Grand Prix, so um, mm-hmm. I think what's it was, your take on it? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's kind of birds meets sort of Southern Californian late 60s mams and Pappas with Beach Boys harmonies perfect power pop songs um i mean teenage fan club were uh, a band that, that this was their third album they've been going a while and i, I remember it, like in, in 1991 that they were like they got a lot of mileage out of the fact that kurt cobain from nirvana had said teenage fan club are his favorite bands and as a result of that teenage fan club got pretty big in america I think in 1991 uh, what's the be uh, rolling stone gave teenage fan club the album of the year in 1991 ahead of oh, right. nirvana and, and all yeah. those big albums that came out in 91 yeah um but their second album uh it's called now 13 um massively underperformed and they were almost seen as yesterday's men and then they brought out grand prix and they kind of like 
you know, smoothed out the kind of rough edges from their pre from their kind of heavier earlier stuff. Yeah. But still had the harmonies and just just great like summer kind of sixties kind of brilliant rock songs. Like Neil Young, Crossed with the Birds, Crossed with the Beach Boys, Crossed with Mamas and Papas. Um, yeah. That song's in there called like Sparky's Dream, which is incredible. Mellowed Out, which is incredible. Um, you'd love it. I mean, I, I, I remember you buying the follow-up album to this. I don't know if that was because yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. rabbited on about this band to you. Yeah, no, you <laughs> recommended. You told you recommended Get Songs from Northern Britain by the Teenage yeah. Fan Club. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you'd like it. I love it. I love yeah. that album. And I was, yeah. To be honest, that's in one of my honourable mentions, Songs from Northern nice. Britain by Teenage nice. Fan Club. I've yeah. also got the um, Best Of album, mm. Teenage Fan yes. Club as well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good um, Best so, Of. Yeah. But I I have heard Grand Prix. I have heard, but not for a very long time. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I might. Have, I think I borrowed it from someone or I heard it from. So um, yeah. I have heard it. But Songs from Northern Britain, I, I love. I love that album. Yeah, I think it, it benefited. I think it's about so number two in the album charts it did it was massive it was massive uh, yeah. yeah i mean grand yeah. grand prix was a top 10 album as well but there's my favorite song is actually my favorite fan club song is off songs from northern britain i don't want control of you is yeah, so perfect song. you know I mean, yeah. you know for, you know i see grand prix in northern britain that their companion piece albums you know yeah. it could have been released yeah. as, a, as a double album they're, they're, songs they're like very planets, similar. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's songs like Planets Off Northern Britain, which is really good yeah, as well, yeah. and all that type of thing. So, yeah, I had a feeling Teenage Fan Club might uh, might get onto the list. That was your number seven. That was my number seven. Uh, my number six is from 1995 again, and it's Black Grape. It's great when you're straight. Yeah, another number one album. Uh, Wow. And, you know, now, yeah. <laughs> I've never been a fan of Black Grape, so convince me yeah, I, why I should listen uh, to this. <laughs> well, I I genuinely think, because I, I, I grew up listening to the Happy Mondays. I love the Happy Mondays. And the way it ended so badly with that band, you know, with the, you know, with, you know, massive fallout, money issues, heroin. When I heard in early 95 that Sean Ryder has got a new band, my first thought was, oh, Sean Ryder's still alive. Okay, well, that's good. And then I remember hearing the first single, which was Reverend Black Grape, on top of the pops. I was like, this is wonderful. And I bought the album that it came out. And I love the fact that it's crazy now thinking that this, this album got, it was straight to number one, and it was number one for like two or three weeks. You know, back then you had to sell a lot of copies to get a number one album. You know, um, it's just it's a wonderful summer party album. I used to take it yeah. to parties that I went to at the time, and everyone used to like it. I, I knew I knew kids who went into heavy metal; they liked Black Grape. Punk kids liked yeah. Black Grape. The pop kids liked it. Um, I love the fact it's it's kind of. I've always loved Sean Ryder's singing style. I love that kind of gnarly like just you know out of tune beat poet style he's always has but i've always been a sucker for a pop chorus 
Yeah. And this album has them in spades. It has lots of Rolling Stones groove. There's a lot of primal scream in it. It's just it's a it's just a wonderful album. And it's you know, other people are probably begged to differ, but I don't think it's dated at all. I think it still sounds brilliant. And there are various po- other podcasts that I listen to that still rave about this this album you know and i'm like awesome i'm glad it's not just me <laughs> it was very pop it was very popular album at the time and massive, i never massive, quite and i yeah. never quite got it but that sometimes mm. happens doesn't it um yeah this no, is exactly band, yeah. Funny enough, but Biz was in black grape as well wasn't he he was yes he was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. this was another band that they released their second album and he yep. didn't, didn't do well at all no, really surprisingly no no bizarrely enough though you say that they released that second album it was called stupid 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 it didn't really do well but the year that came out they headlined reading they headlined the reading festival yeah, crazy and i don't think it was that long after that album was it uh, it, was t- it must have been about t- nine. yeah t- yeah it was two years i think oh, two years strange yeah. strange yeah bizarre, because it was a lot of people had it a lot yeah. of people seem yeah. to like it um mm-hmm. yeah yeah so black grape at your number six was it number six yep Yep, uh, right. Uh, here we go, the top five. Um, this this is when it got really hard. Really, really hard. Okay, uh, my number five record is the debut album from Manson, Attack of the Grey Lantern. I, I knew this would be in here as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got to tell you, I, it just missed out on mine in my Really? It was in there for a while. Oh. It was in there for a while. Wow, and okay. It is okay. just missed out, but I I hear you. It is it's a great album. It's I mean I I saw them uh in Cambridge the week the album came out. I think I saw yeah. them on um maybe the when the album came out on the Monday. I saw them on the Wednesday or the Thursday at the junction in Cambridge and the uh the support band was Travis, funnily enough. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. That's not a bad yeah, uh, yeah, that was good, good uh, night. That was good. Night. That was good night. Yeah, that was a good night out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I love Manson. I love all. Well, all. You know, I I count them. I count the fourth album as the fourth album, Kleptomania. I love everything they've done. I love um Paul Draper's solo album from a couple of years ago. It was fantastic. There was something about Manson that made them stick out like a sore thumb at the time. They were a bit darker and sleazier. A bit more yeah. kind of art artier than you know. Yeah. It was about as away from girls and boys as you could get. Yeah. You know they. But they did. You know, still, I, I, they did have a chorus in them though as well, especially that yeah, first. Uh, that that first yeah, yeah. And and and, and, you, and you I can remember about, you like, listen, and I can remember you recommending it to me and, and everything. Mm. And we played it. I think we played the whole thing. You had the album. Said, "Oh, listen to this. It's really good." And you had the album yeah. all the way through. And funny yeah. enough, it was yeah. my brother that got the. My brother got was the one that bought the CD, the Manson yeah. CD, the first album. Yeah. And I used to listen. I used to borrow it off him, off him, and listen to it a lot. Um, and uh, I have it on record now. I've got it on vinyl, and I went yeah. to see them nice. as well in Derby when six their second album six came out. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, they were, they were, and they were really good live as well. Oh, they were great live. They were great live. Um, I mean, they're another one. Their greatest hits that came out after they split is. You forget how many hits they had, it, you know, yeah. and they all got top 40. You know, it was it's amazing. You know, that was the thing, you know, they they did the awesome kind of like arty, obtuse 
you know, because I love Six. Six is an amazing album. Some people call it commercial suicide, which I suppose it was, but I love the weirdness of that album. It was commercial you suicide, know. but it's it's definitely it's definitely uh, an interesting album, an interested listener. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 completely. And but even that, they still has hit singles off it. I know. You know when for, top ten, they often had a few top ten hits as well. Which they had a lot of top ten hits. Know, yeah, they yeah, really yeah. benefited from that. Britpop scene and the late yeah. Britpop scene as well. They yes. came on it yeah, a little bit later. Yeah, yeah they um, were second wave. Second wave. A lot wave, of bands. Yeah, from it. yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, a lot of bands didn't benefit from it, but they they no, definitely did. Hugely, but yeah, but it's all about the first album for me. I mean, I, I remember Attack of the Grey Lantern. It knocked Blur off the top of the charts. It knocked their self-titled yeah. album off the top of the top of the charts. And I've heard a story. I don't know how true it is that Blur, because they were both on EMI. They're both on the same record label. Yeah. And I heard a story that um, Blur were trying to get EMI to, to to print less copies and 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 have shops not stop the Manson album, so Blur really? would sell more. Yeah, I've I've heard this rumor quite a few times over the years, but wow. if it's true or not, I don't know. But yeah. you know, it's uh, but yeah, Attack of the Great Lands. I love it. It's a concept album. It's a it's, you know a, a kind of linear story going all the way through about these yeah. dark characters living in this village. And it's 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 a one. I listened to it again on the run up to this podcast, and it's so good. It still sounds yeah, brilliant. No, it's a good album. It's a good album. I've always liked Manson. Mm-hmm. Um, God, this top five is going to be. If that's at number five, Gareth, and I, yeah. I actually almost thought myself that could be number one for you because mm. I know how much mm. you love that album. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, this rest yeah. of this is going to be interesting. So number yeah. four. Number four. Okay, here we go. Uh, Radiohead, The Benz, from nineteen ninety-five. Ah. Okay, so I'm not going to say too much about this for some <laughs> right for some reason, right? Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, for some yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you but, know, um, there's not much to say about it, really. Well, I mean, you know, is it Britpop? I, you know, I, I class this album as Britpop. I class this, you know, it, it was after this album that they kind of they left. Well, they left the planet to be honest <laughs> and went on their own path. You know, from OK Computer onwards. Yeah. You know, but. The Benz, they were still writing kind of succinct, dark pop songs, you know. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that, you know, they were dismissed as one-hit wonders with, oh, they were the creep band. You know, they did yeah. that one song that sounded like Nirvana and you know, all this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And then to come back with with an album as amazing as The Benz and, you know, five incredible hits off it. Uh, there's not a bad song on it. And... I, you know, to, you know, it's 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 one of you know it's one of those albums that's been talked about and dissected to death, and it was just incredible. Even now, when I hear those songs come on the radio, you hear um, like Street Spirit or High and Dry or Fake Plastic Trees, just incredible. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, when this album come, when the bands come out, they were touted as yeah, everyone thought they were going to be the next U2. And I think, well, yeah, they put yeah. that they put they put that to rest with OK oh, Computer yeah. a little well, they, bit, yeah. You know, they did it on purpose, but I can understand why. I can understand why because a lot of the songs on that album, on the Benz, are very anthemic. And to be honest, mm. they haven't really ever done anything like that album nope. again. Nothing close uh, to it. The song. Nothing yeah, close there was a couple. There's a couple of hits on a couple of others, but not. Yeah. Really. If you listen to their, some of their stuff, is still very difficult to get into. Yeah, um, so I still like Radiohead. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I yeah. I saw. I saw them live in 2006 at the V Festival. Okay, nice. And 
you never guess what they played creep wow and because they never play it they never play nope. it and i nope. said to my mate nope. when it started i said don't expect creep they never play creep yeah and he even said he goes you won't have heard this one us doing this one for a while mm. and that the the crowd went mad yeah i bet, I bet. Just, and they dropped it like mid-set it wasn't yeah, like yeah, the yeah. end or at the beginning yeah. Yeah. Just like out of the blue, they've done stuff from Amnesiac. Um, wow. I think Out um, to the Thief was their latest album at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They even did stuff off Tom York's solo album. So this is wow. how big wow. up we were getting. I mean, yeah, we yeah. get some of the biggies. Well, we got stuff off the bends and stuff, but they mm. bung, they literally dropped him creep midway, mm. and the crowd went mad. That's a, it's probably, it's a great song, um, but. Mm. You know, as I say, I'm sure we'll talk about the bends a bit later on again. So, yeah, um, but Radiohead, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, Radiohead. The bends. Before you go into, before you go to the top three, there's one yeah. question that I sort of thought about last night was that bands and artists that benefited from the Britpop scene that weren't necessarily Britpop artists. Mm. I'll give you an example. I Please think do. wet, wet, wet. I think wet, wet, wet. Simply red. <laughs> Pet shop. Yeah. yeah. George Michael, take that. Spice Girls, U2, Alanis Morissette, and Robbie Williams when he did his first solo stuff benefited from Britpop. Yeah, I'd agree with and that. And I tell you why. Yeah. So, wet, wet, wet. Let's go with wet, wet, wet. Never, never really a cool band. They always had, they sort of went away, came back with a big single, and then <laughs> they were yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight yeah. band. And that yeah. happened in. Night two, a good night girl. I don't want to go too much into Wet yeah. Wet's history, but um, yeah. obviously, summer of '94, Love Is All Around, massive, massive hit. '95, mm-hmm. yeah. mid Britpop, they release Julia Says and their picture yeah. this album. Very heavily song. influenced Great by, the, very heavily influenced by the Beatles. That yep. album, yeah, um, Beatly sound. Um, came out mid '95, spent three weeks at number one, all amongst this Britpop summer. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. like, Simply Red, you wouldn't have thought mm-hmm. Simply Red would be anything associated by it. They hadn't released an album for four years. 95 yeah. Fairground becomes their biggest selling single. Because, yeah, Massive yeah, hit. Huge. huge. Radio, you know, and uh, Mick Hucknall, Simply Red are on shows that you would normally associate with Britpop bands. Yeah, I remember Mick being and, on TFR Friday. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Arguably being nothing near nowhere as good as stars, but yeah, it no, was a no. big album, and they had mm. they had a couple of like big albums in that period in the nineties. Still, um, Pet Shop Boys always were classed as quite a quite a cool band. They they had a little bit of a resurgence in there. George Michael came back, had a massive yeah, album with older, and, and yeah. I, I still yeah. think that was, um, and even take that and the Spice Girls take that obviously split up in 96 but they were starting to go in that direction with sort of that slightly more cooler direction with Back for Good and Never Forget and then the Spice Girls came along Spice Girls music was nothing like Britpop because they were British though and really were up that British image Mm. I Mm. think that it benefited from them and even like U2 U2 were always counted almost like a Britpop band at at points in time U2 yeah no they are yeah 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 yeah. And Lannis Morissette's massive jagged little pill album. I yeah, mean, everyone had it. Everyone had it. Everyone. And, and it, you can't tell me that album didn't benefit from the music scene in the UK at the time. Oh, hugely, hugely. Yeah. Yeah. Like hugely. It like, 
And obviously, mm. Robbie Williams, when he started his solo stuff, obviously, it took a little while for him to get going until he released Angels. But that album sounds like a Britpop album. Um, the first, yeah, the first two, the first two, the first two, you know, the first three singles are Britpop songs, really. Oh, before I die, yeah. Lazy Days, and South of the Border are like, I'm South of the Border is like an Oasis song. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But on the flip side of that, there are also artists that completely were uncool when Britpop came along. Um, yeah. um, obviously, yeah. Cliff, Rich- Cliff Richard. The one that really came to my mind was Phil Collins. Yeah. Now, Phil Collins yes, actually. Now, if you go by today's now, he's had a bit of resurgence yeah. in people have reevaluated stuff. Yeah, completely. You know, he's doing a few tours again. I know he's had ill health and stuff, but he has yeah, been doing yeah. tours again. He's not in the 90s. He was slaughtered the mid 90s. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, in this country, he was in America. Like yeah. the hip hop, the hip hop artists, the hip hop artist stuff worshipped Phil Collins. Yeah. yeah. You know. You know, you think pick any like nineties hip hop artists from like Coolio to Bone Thugs and Harmony, all these people they worshipped him. Yeah. You know, but in this in this country, what was he? I'm dancing to the light. I mean, about yeah. as uncool as it could get. You know. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, well, you know. Well, this is how quickly it changed for Phil Collins. Um, I can remember mm. the end of 1993. He released mm. both sides, which yep. arguably I think is one of his best. It's a good album. album. Yeah, it's a good album. Yeah, it's a good album. He had a Radio 1 show dedicated to him, talking about his career and playing tracks off the latest albums. That came out Christmas 93, that album. Wow. Now, fast forward. That's mental. That's mental. (laughs) Fast forward. I can remember listening to it on Radio 1. Fast forward a year, Mm. uh, well, definitely two years down the line. They wouldn't have touched Phil Collins. Nope, with with a barge pole. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I know it's crazy, right? Status Quo are another band as well. Yeah, quote, sort of, quote. You know, well, and it was, and it was weird. I mean, Queen weren't. I know, obviously, Freddie Mercury would die, but Queen came. Yeah, made yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. I mean, do, do, you, do you remember that? Do you remember that whole thing when uh, when Status Quo um, they wanted to sue Radio One? They wanted to take Radio One to court for not playing their records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Cliff Richard, I don't think he sued them, but Cliff Richard, there was complaints that Cliff Richard said the same. And I, yeah. I, I could see, you know, I know that the point was if if our songs are in the top forty, they should be played. And yeah, but yeah, but my my argument yeah. against that is is you know, top of the pops was the all inclusive music thing. Yeah, Radio yeah. One is. Radio One is a youth station. It always yeah. was and always will be. You know, as yeah. my, every time these days, not, I don't do it well, you know, I don't listen to it at all anymore. But um, if I ever used to moan about Radio One, I used to have to check myself and go, well, it's not for my demographic. Know. You know, and top of the top but, of the pop. That's the thing I always love about Top of the Pops that you could have. I don't know, like Cliff Richard, followed by yeah. like a Euro dance song, followed by Take That, followed by yeah. Faith No More. It didn't matter. If it was if it was in the charts, it would be on top of the pops, and that's why that's, I always love top of the pops. That's why it's a shame top of the pops isn't on anymore. Yeah, completely. And, yeah. But also at that point, Radio Two, Radio Two wasn't the all. Radio Two now yeah. takes in everything. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Much yeah. more than it did in the nineties. Oh, massively. Much more than yeah. it did in yeah. the nineties. Yeah. Radio Two will play Ariana Grande's latest song. Yeah. But then they'll also play Status Quo and Cliff Richard's latest song. Exactly, yep. yep and then yep. they will also play Oasis and Blur and yep, yep, yep. Britpop stuff. Yep. 
yeah. and Ed Sheeran's new stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously I didn't really listen to Radio 2 in the 90s, but yeah. I don't think Radio 2 like that at that point in time. No, no, I of course, no, no. It's definitely course. much more music. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, so that, sort of, that was a little sort of side thing because yeah, I thought yeah, it was quite yeah. interesting thinking you know, no, definitely. That weren't necessarily Britpop artists, which I think really benefited from the, mm. the Britpop scene. But the, on the flip side, there were artists that completely got shoved aside, and some of them have been yeah. reevaluated. I think Collins, Cliff, Status Quo yeah. have all yeah. been yeah. reevaluated or even recent years. So, completely. Um, completely. Right, let's top three. All right, my top three. All right. um, number three it is the second album by the Stone Roses called The Second Coming. You know? I, I had a feeling you might have it in there, but I'm, I'm slightly surprised how high it is. It's a good album, yeah. actually. I think it's a great album. Again, like Be Here Now, which you spoke about before, I'm a staunch Second Coming defender. I think it's a wonderful album. You know, I love... The, you know, it, it, it's, you know I'm, I remember at the time it being... You know, obviously, it was a five-year gap between the first and second album. I admit that that five years felt like 20 years. I just remember all the stuff in the, in the, in the magazines and the music papers was like, is there ever going to be another Stone Roses album? Is there, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then they came back um, with what I consider as possibly one of the greatest comeback singles of all time, which was Love Spreads. You know, it was Christmas 94. It came out, I think, two weeks before whatever by Oasis. Yeah. And... I thought it was it was I was like right, my band are back. This is brilliant. It's a great then, song. Uh, some people were disappointed with it, wasn't it? I know. It I remember at the time. I remember some people who were older than me that were like, "Oh, it's rubbish. Ooh, it just sounds like Led Zeppelin." And I'm like, "And what's wrong with that? Uh, the riff's incredible. Song. You know, the, the chorus is brilliant. The outro, that whole let me put you in the picture, yeah, let yeah. me show you what I mean bit is oh, it's unbelievable." Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the album followed in I think February time. I remember the, the reviews were very sniffy. They were classed as yesterday's man. They'd blown it yeah. and all it. And I was like, I, I, you know, I was always going to buy it because it's the Stone Roses. Yeah. They were, yeah, at it the didn't time, get to number one, the album didn't get to number one either, did it? Which no, is no, no. Surprise. Yeah, everyone thought it was. Everyone thought Love Spreads was going to be a number one single. I mean, it got yeah. to number two, which is quite amazing thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know the album. The album. I think it may maybe got in the top five. Maybe. Um, I think I've but, got this feeling it went to number four, but I'm not. Mm, uh, 100% yeah. Sure. It, but I think the label wanted more. I, I, everyone was expecting it to be a number one album. Oh yeah. I get right. If it had come out before, definitely maybe. I think it would have been a number one album. Yeah. That was the that was the problem. I think a little bit the Stone Roses were. It was that classic, what we talked about, have talked about before, that classic waited too long for that second album. Yeah, I mean, out. a lot of it wasn't I mean, really, their fault. You know, no, a lot of it I wasn't know. Really, fault, you know. Ideally, their second album should have been out in 1991. Yeah. yeah it shouldn't it? Yeah. And it would have been massive yeah. because that was yeah. right at the right time to bring release it out in yeah. that so yeah. as we say the end of the bagging period um exactly. and then technically night that should have been either their third maybe even their fourth album yeah yeah exactly exactly the band sort of releases it'd be on their third or fourth album by then yeah no exactly um, exactly i definitely that it, definitely didn't help 
No, no, not at all. And 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 the fact that all these other British bands have been releasing all it, like you know, it came out post Park Life, post definitely maybe, you know, post uh, His and Hers by Pulp, all this yeah. kind of stuff. And you know, but you know, I mean, you know, again, like I spoke about before about how Be Here Now never really had a chance. The second coming never had a chance because it was never going to be as good as the first album. That's a gimme. And the knives were out. People were waiting to rip this album to shreds because uh, for whatever reason, I I don't know. But I I think it's so unfair. You know, there are some amazing songs on there. Like How Do You Sleep? Tears. Ten Story Love Song. Begging You. um, um, Tightrope. You know, breaking into heaven. It's driving sad. It's an unbelievably strong album, and the guitar on it. And John Squire is a guitar hero. He, you know, he was kind of like my Jimmy Page. You know, he was just a yeah. genius. And the way that it ended with the Roses a few years after that, so badly. But I love the fact that, you know, we've spoken about you know the whole reunion thing, and I love the fact that. You know, they reformed and I love the fact that they cleaned up. That they made it to Wembley. You know, Stone Roses played Wembley Stadium a couple of years ago. It's incredible. It's incredible. You know, yeah. I know people that saw I didn't go to the reunion tour. I know people that did. And they said it was it was unbelievable. Um, yeah. What, you know, whilst, you know, they recorded two new songs. Neither of them were were, were very good. I'm really glad because there was lots of talk at the time that, that there was a new album. And I was well, like, I mean, th- no, I, I saw I people. I, I saw. I, I saw websites like the enemy website saying, yeah. you know, at the beginning of a, I can't remember what year it was. A few years ago, beginning of the year. Oh yeah, we're yeah. getting the new Stone Roses out about this year. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, the songs I, I was were supposed like, no, to be. I don't, the yeah. songs were supposed to be the first singles from a new album. Yeah. At yeah. one point, and then it's just it just went yeah. quiet, didn't it? Maybe the response. Yeah, from I, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the second single was okay. I think it was called Beautiful Thing. That 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 had the classic old kind of Stone Roses groove to it. But the first song was it all for one. It wasn't very. It wasn't. It was yeah, poor. It was poor. It was poor. I saw Ian Brown you know, at the V Festival. Uh, I saw the uh, Ian Preston okay. V Festival 2005 in like in, in like a tent, and he had okay. um, like a full band with him with brass and strings. Oh, wow. And all that lot, and he did. Um, he had, I think music of the spheres and all that type of stuff. Mm. He did Stone Roses songs, and obviously mm. his vocals are always a bit hit. But he sounded really good, and his band yeah. were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And, I bet. Uh, he did. I bet. And he did load of Stone Roses stuff in yeah, his, yeah. In his yeah. set as well. So, mm. so number three. Now, I I think Second Cup is a great album. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful we, album. Maybe we, came, maybe we came to it because maybe we slightly missed out on the stone roses the first time around because we were a bit young yeah i mean i, mean, I, I, I remember there because we weren't so invested at no when they i came suppose in. i mean i mean i mean don't get me wrong i mean when i when i started boarding school in when would that have been september 89 i remember the guy in my in the top bunk the bunk above me at boarding school he had uh the stone roses album the first one and he played it to me and i I loved it, you know. I I bought it and I became a fan, you know. I think, yeah, but you know, obviously I was like eleven years old at the time. I think, yeah, if I was maybe I don't know twenty or something in nineteen eighty nine, and I and I'd been going to those gigs and I'd gone to the Hacienda and you know I, I'd experienced that second summer of love, you know. I yeah, I probably would have been disappointed by that second album, but 
coming to that second album when I was 16 and soaking up yeah. all this guitar music like a sponge. Yeah. It was just, it was a natural fit. Of course I was going to like it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a good album. Mm. Um, mm. But, um, but yeah. And I mean, five years now for a lot of artists is no time at all, is it? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, right. So, so your top two. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is a Welsh band from 1996, um, a band called 60 Foot Dolls, and it's their debut album called The Big Three. I know nothing about this album or that band. So okay, yeah, well, uh, again, like Marion, you would love this album. It's it, it's um, it's a bit it's a bit kind of like spiky. It's like it's like a less a less jauntier supergrass kind of spikier a bit more mod um a bit a little bit heavier than early supergrass but with big pop choruses and kind of like a snarled curled lip uh welsh three-piece brilliant kind of succinct like two minute singles the whole album is perfect it's like 13 songs 35 minutes long um yeah, come out mid nineteen ninety six. Another one like Marion, they kind of almost made it. You know, John Peel was a big champion of them. Uh, they were on the evening session a lot. Steve Lamack still plays Six Foot Dolls on his Sixth Music show today. You know, which you know always gives me put puts a little spring in my step when I hear him play yeah, that. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just yeah, an absolute lost classic of an album. Uh, I managed I managed to get an original vinyl copy of it a couple of years ago uh, online. And uh, I was so happy when it came through the post, and, and it, I, and I still listen to it regularly, you know, at least once a month, even now. Cool. I'm gonna have to have a listen then. Yeah, highly, <laughs> highly, highly recommended. Lovely. Um, okay, cool. And they, and they do, and they do a good Beatles cover, mate. So there you go. That's just sad. Well, for you. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that uh, any band that does that is always good in my book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, they pick a deep cut as well. They pick a, it's uh, everybody's got something to hide except for oh, me and my mum. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. I, love, I love that song at all. That's great. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. The number one, Gareth. It, what is here it? we go. Right, uh, my favourite Britpop album of all time is the debut album by The Long Pigs. Wow. Now, I, <laughs> I think you thought that I was going to be. I think you knew I was going to be surprised by this. I, yeah. Obviously, I know of The Long Pigs. I don't think I've ever heard this album. If I have, it was a very long time ago. And somebody it was else called, had it. Mm, it was one of those albums that a lot. Uh, yeah, you might. Yeah, I might have done. I mean, it was one of those albums that a lot of people had. A lot of people, you know, the, it, it's weird because like, over the years, you know, I'm sure you've had these conversations with people in pubs and at parties, gatherings and stuff. We, we always used to have these conversations in the pub over the years. You know. Which, you know, who was your favourite Britpop band? Which was, you know, the Britpop band that you think should have been bigger than they were? And more often than not, there would be at least three or four of us that would say Long Pigs. Look, I don't know why. Is the album with She Said on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The album's called Sun Is Off Now. It had, it had uh, five or six singles off it. On and on's on it. Far, she said, lost myself. They're all top forty hits. Uh, Jesus Christ is on it, which is an amazing song. Um, 
you know, just just fantastic anthemic fist in the air indie music. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, the, again, there were another band at the time that were omnipresent on the radio. I remember Chris Evans used to play them to death oh, on radio. Yeah. One. You know, that song they were loads. Yeah, and they were one of those bands that you genuinely thought, I think, probably at the time, that were bigger than they actually were, you know. Yeah. Every every indie compilation CD. Yeah, yeah. If you had a Shine CD, said. yeah. Always, <laughs> always, <said>. always, always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. always. Some, some um, of those compila- I, Shine compilations were great compilations. Yeah, I've, I, I, yeah, actually, I, I should have had them with me, but I, um, yeah, I still have all 10 Shine CDs. Do you? I did, funny enough, yeah. I didn't have one, but I bor- used to borrow them from a couple of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pick out the yeah. tracks that I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah still got them all. Still got some them all. of them were great. Some of them were great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going on CD player next week, are they? <laughs> no, yeah. They'll be going on there in about 10 minutes, mate, once we're done here. So, <laughs> so that's... Uh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, um, you know, it, they did a second album. It was okay, but... For some reason, this band are held in such reverence, you know, even by, you know, random people that I follow on Twitter and things like that, <coughs> excuse me, um, that these are the bands, you know, there's, I, there are some like Britpop feeds that I follow on Twitter and they always do those little kind of votes, you know, who, which Britpop band do you want to reform? And the band that always win it are Long Pigs, always. Because oh, I know... I'm going to have to Because... Yeah, you're gonna have to, man. Like the guitarist Richard Hawley went off to have quite a successful solo career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think the sing- the the singer is um he does something kind of like something with music publishing these days. But yeah, again, it's just one of those bands they're kind of held in such high reverence, and I know that I'm not on my own with this, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's my favourite Britpop album. It's lo- Brilliant, no, no. Let's hear let's hear your top ten then. Okay, so at number 10, it was uh, Marion with This World and Body. Uh, number nine, The Charlatans, Up to Our Hips. Number eight, Supergrass, In It for the Money. Uh, number seven, uh, Teenage Fan Club, Grand Prix. Number six, Black Grape, It's Great When You're Straight, Yeah. Number five, Manson, Attack of the Grey Lantern. Number four, Radiohead, The Benz. Number three, Stone Roses, The Second Coming. Uh, number two, Sixty Foot Dolls, The Big Three. And my number one Britpop album is The Long Pigs, The Sun Is Often Out. Wow, amazing. Right. Cool. Okay, so let's move on to my top ten. And I've got quite a few honourable mentions. Um, right. Because <laughs> it goes through that. I know you probably had the same as me. You go through, oh, I've got that one. I ain't got that one in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything Must Go by the Manic Street Preachers. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. See, I, see, I class that as Brit rock, not Brit pop. Because <laughs> I, I, I class, oh, sorry, I class Mannix in the same category as why I didn't put Reef or Ash in there, because that is Brit rock uh, to me, no, not Brit pop. Okay, okay. So, well, funny yeah. you say Ash. I did have 1977 by Ash in there, yeah. but yeah. they are, they always used to be on the Shine compilations. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, type yeah, of thing. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Telling stories by super, uh, charlatans. I should Coco Supergrass, the It Girl Sleeper. I went to see Sleeper a couple of years ago. They were great, so, really good. So did I. Yeah, yeah, I saw their. Yeah, I yeah, went to their yeah. reunion show. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dogman Star, Suede's debut album as well. Mm, mm, um, mm. Second Coming, Stone Roses. 
another band that really weren't a Britpop band, but sort of became a Britpop band, The Divine Comedy. Casanova, uh, yes, yes, Casanova. Casanova sh- short album about love and Fin yeah. de Sec, all released in consecutive yeah. years mm-hmm. during the British era. Yep. International yep. Velvet by Catatonia. Oh, very popular. Yeah, yeah, massive. Mostly Shops, Ocean Colour Scene, by far their best album. Marching already yeah. was not as that good at all. No, Some no. The biggest thing that I always had with Ocean Colourson, their singles are always brilliant, but the album tracks are always really boring. Even Mosley Shoals. I mean, it's got some good singles. I had some good album tracks, but it runs out of steam a bit. Yeah, but, you know, um, all you need is a riff about song. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, songs from Northern Britain, Teenage Fan Club, Stereophonics, mm. World Got Word Gets Around, and Performance and Cocktails. Both very mm. popular albums in the pop era, and one of the yeah. only bands still going and still, and still going. going pretty strong. Their yep. albums yep. do really well. Um, yeah, they do. Huge. I sometimes have a bit of a hit, and I think Stereophonics can be a bit hit and miss. But first, some of their first two albums. Stuff are pretty... mm, the, the last album I bought was Language, Language, Sex, Violence, Other. That's a brilliant album. Yeah. I was really yeah, surprised yeah. at how good it was. Yeah. No, it, pulled the pin i got that one it's not the best no, at all no, no, but not, um no. graffiti on the train which was almost yeah. like a comeback album yeah, that, that was, was all right good. that was all right yeah um yeah. and stanley road by paul weller yeah yeah he's got to, yeah, it's a really good album it's a really, really good, good album, album. Really good so album. right okay then let's start my top 10 let's get these uh, right. so i've got the albums here i've got the albums oh, okay, here nice. now visual aid so number 10, <laughs> number 10 is from 1999 and you okay. haven't mentioned them. Okay. Um, you did mention them, actually, as a support. And that is Travis, the man who, at number mm. 10. Now, okay. this I got yesterday, right? Oh, wow. Well, okay. had it on, And I saw it on Amazon. This is this deluxe set from a couple of years ago. Yeah. I saw this on Amazon, and it's a double record, so the, the, the LP, and it's mm. got another LP of B-sides. And okay. then it's got the original CD and another mm. CD of all the B-sides, just a selection of okay. B-sides on the LP, and yeah. a booklet. It was £25, reduced from 75 Wow, that's all right. And the album on its own, on vinyl, was £25 as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> was no brainer, really. Yeah, nice. So I had to be meaning to get it for a while, and I just happened, I was just going, oh, I wonder how much the band who is. Cause, so I, this for me is... It really encapsulates the end of Britpop. Yeah, no, um, it does. So it came it does. out at the beginning of '99 because their first album, Good Feeling, is a very Britpop-sounding album. It's a good I mean, album. They supported good, Oasis. Yeah. They supported Oasis. It's a very Britpop sound, but they went for the slight. They went for that for this album. They got Nigel Godrich in, who obviously yeah. produced Radiohead, yeah. and yeah. they went for that very introspective sound that the late '90s Britpop bands almost had to do to keep yeah. popular yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, yeah and obviously this was their breakthrough album and for a while they were a massive band Travis, oh, yeah, the, those two head, albums yeah headline Blastonbury. yeah those two oh. albums this one and the yeah. one after the invisible band yeah. visible band very very hyped and once yeah. again one of the only bands still going yeah um yeah. but i just Yes, a lot of these songs were overplayed, but the reason why they're overplayed yeah. is because they're good songs. Writing to Reach You is a great song. Driftwood's why is it always song. Yes, Driftwood's a yeah, good song. Driftwood. Why is it always Rain On Me? <sighs> Hugely overplayed, but I think it's a great song. 
Hearn is the one that yeah. gets on my nerves. That was on MTV. Mm. Almost like repeat turn. Um, yeah. I, I just, it's one of those albums that I just love listening to. It reminds me of being at university. It reminds me of the mm. last year's university. And I think it really sort of reflected that sort of slightly introspective mood that the late 90s had. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Um, I'd agree with that. It was very close between this, telling stories, everything must go, and Attack of the Grey Lantern. It was like, I kept flitting oh. back and forth, <laughs> black and forth. I think this, I'm sort of looking, what was the one that I played the most? And I think it's it's definitely this one, The Man mm. Who. Mm. Um, so that's when, because I think you messaged me in WhatsApp, said, oh, are we going to do only a period? I said, no, we've got to still, we've got, it's the whole period. Oh, okay, this is. <laughs> This is this is the one you were talking about. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Then I was trying to work out because you were like, I've got an album from 1999. I was trying to work out in my head which one was it. Okay. <laughs> so it was that okay. man who. So okay. number nine. Oh. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. Oh, is that signed as well? Very nice. Yes, that's that's completely coincidental. My mum and dad brought right. it for Christmas. <laughs> just happened to be a signed copy. Right, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. No, this is sign copy dad he was like no <laughs> so, yeah i love this album my mate john um lent it to me and i i never actually had this is the first time i've ever had a physical copy of it oh, okay. um, i only ever had it on a tape yeah that i'd recorded off someone and um, my mate yeah. john liked the lightning seeds he had the first two albums of the lightning seeds as well cloud cuckoo mm. land and sense which yeah, sense is good. Big... yes oh no sense um, is a good album Sense is a good oh, album. it's a great song, Sense, as well. One of my mm, favourite mm. lighted scenes. Yeah. And mm. obviously this was more of a breakthrough album and Three Lines came out sort of just after this album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Change is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, brilliant song. Perfect. Lucky You. It, um, there's some great... Um, my Best Day with Alison Moyet, duet with Alison Moyet. Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant song. Yeah. Uh, Feeling Lazy is a great song as well. I've I played this at, on on this tape I had and yeah. and it sounded really good because I, 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 I had a, quite a, one of those high quality tapes and yeah. it sounded really good. <laughs> and um, I love this album and it's one of those albums that I'll just go. You know what? I just want something on that's mm-hmm. easy to listen to. You could sing along mm-hmm. with. Yeah, I love this. And, I, I, I got the I got the light. A lot of people think Dizzy Heights is the best Lightning Seas album, but no, God no, me, no. Yeah, yeah. Dizzy, I didn't really like Dizzy Heights that much. Dollification is that's the one. It's yeah, Dollification yeah. is by far the best Lightning Seas album. Great cover, a great cover as well. Yeah, that sort yeah, of, um, yeah. I love it. And it has to be. It's definitely a Britpop band, and yeah, they no, definitely yeah. are the pop. Definitely the pop in Britpop, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, eight, I was very surprised you didn't have any of this band in your top ten. Okay. I have mentioned them, and that's Swade. Uh, okay, yeah, you see, for me, my favourite Suede album is The Greatest Hits, the singles that came out. Right. I was never – I love their singles. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of the albums. They're a singles band for me, you know, you know, and – that that singles album that came out after they split up in about 2003 is is faultless. It's absolutely every song is an absolute winner. But I mean, I mean, well, I mean, coming coming up is essentially yeah. a greatest hits album anyway because there was like five or six songs released off that yeah. album. Yeah. Oh, 
and, and then there's other songs on here that you could have released as singles quite easily yep. off this. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is this was almost like a semi comeback album as well. Not really. I mean, it only came out two years after Dogman Star, but uh, um, but it's got some great riffs on this. I've always yeah. loved this album. It's not too long. Like notifications, not too long. No, it no, no. does what it and, and probably after Dog Star, this was the direction they needed to go in. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those albums released exactly at the right time. Yeah. Right in the middle of yeah. pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a, a proper poppy album. No, they were actually one of the bands that reformed and the, and the albums they've released since they've reformed yeah they're, they're all right actually they're all right yeah they are yeah they are yeah i'd agree with that i'd agree good. with that um and, um they seem to be sort of staying for good now it's like yeah get together now yeah. and yeah and yeah it's nice things. it's nice did you yeah. know did you know did you know one of their um i think it was their first do you know who their first manager was i've, I've seen i've seen a documentary on sky yeah. and it was Ricky Gervais. Yes, it was. Oh no, <laughs> mad, it's mad, it's mad. Yeah, and then Matt Osmond's brothers, Richard Osmond from. I know. Matt I know. Osmond's brothers, Richard Osmond from Pointless. I know, it's mad. I know. It's mad. There's a really good documentary about about Swade actually on Sky, okay. um, and it literally goes through every single album up to wow, the most okay. recent album. Oh wow! Okay. How they made it, what happened, why, who left when, why they left. Yeah. Oh, um, okay, okay. Funny enough, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais is interviewed, so is Richard yeah. Osmond, everyone all interviewed. Yeah. Really, really good. It's oh, like, a, wow. like a film. Almost. Mm. It goes through every single... I think it finishes with the... Is it The Blue Hour is their latest album? Yes. So, yeah. um, it, And I love Suede. I've always have done. And the Sci-Fi Lullabies is one of the great B-Sides albums. It's great. It's a double you know, we as well, talk, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, we were talk, we've talked about... Um, in another in our Oasis Blur podcast, we talked about how the Master Plan feels like an album. Sci-Fi Lullabies feels like a double album. It's yeah. it's that good. It's almost like the fourth Suede album. Mm, um, mm, and uh, and head music, I don't think is as bad as some people thought it was. No, uh, the first the first was brilliant. It. Uh, was it Electricity? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's in fashion. She's brilliant. Great song. So uh, <laughs> number seven. Now I think everybody. When I went to uni, every, almost everybody in my halls of residence had this album. And so when we used to hang out in each other's rooms, so this was always on. But I love it. I, and that is Cooler Shaker. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, I think um, in our Blur Oasis podcast, I said to you, I went to buy, I bought 13 by Blur. Yeah. from blockbuster and bought another yeah. and i couldn't remember what it was i do remember what it was yeah. it was cooler shaker's second album Peasants second oh, album. <laughs> yeah yeah not so a I good album the second uh, album. but i loved i loved cooler shaker i love and mm. i still love this album i bought it's I, a good I, album. I bought this recently on vinyl i didn't realize you could buy it on vinyl yeah and i i i love it i love it it's just so i, I love the sort of the beatly aspect yeah. of it obviously yeah. but I, I used to absolutely love Hey Dude. Hey Dude. Um, that's the, hey Dude's the one. Great for when you're dead. Hush, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Hush isn't on this, but I, I used to love that as well. There's 303 is a great song. Start Not All Over. Town. Yeah. Actually, one of those albums that the second half is actually just as good as the first half, if not better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was one of those albums that at first, some people used to think Kudashek were really pretentious and all that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. I used to, they still, they still make the odd album. 
Yeah, they do. Um, they do. And the yeah, other Tuna Shaker album I've got on vinyl is K2.0 from 2016. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know they did that. I didn't know they did a sequel. Oh, my goodness. They've okay. done a K2.0, <laughs> and it's worth checking out. It's nowhere near as good as this, but no. it's not bad. It's not bad. K2.0 from 2016. All right. I'll, that, that's the one I'm going to take away and listen to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've done like three albums um, over the last sort of 12, 13 years. Yeah. Uh, they're okay. Um, K2.0 is the best of those three. Um, yeah. Uh, there's no sort of repeat of any chart. I think they just called it that because it was 20 years since K. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was like, yeah. It's like Bad like Hell 2. It had nothing to do with Bad Hell. The, but, yeah. the opening track is a cracker. I can't remember the name of it, but try, yeah. yeah, check out K2.0. Um, oh, okay. Now, number six, you mentioned this, and it really annoys me that this still isn't on vinyl. You can't buy it on vinyl anymore. It's in a new copy. Yeah. It must be doing it soon, and that's dodgy three-piece suite. Oh yes, wonderful. Yes, that's now, great. Two my brother had actually, funny enough. Um, yeah. Good enough is obviously played far too much, but in a yeah. room, if you're thinking yeah. of me, great songs. And this uh, what album, was the other single? Find, find you, find, yeah, find you. you, brilliant. Found you is a great yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, one of those rivers is like this eight-minute song, and it's a brilliant song. And mm. it's got yeah. banjos. The orchestra comes in. Um, it's an album that all the songs flow together. Yeah. It's a long album. It's it's yeah. all you know, it's a seventy minute album. This is, um, yeah. you but you know, I, I, you know, some albums you think, God, you could buy that on vinyl. And you yeah. know, sometimes it surprises me. You go into the record shops, new vinyl, you go, what? And yeah. albums like this, you still can't buy on vinyl. No, no, exactly. No, I'm just I'm just looking on uh, on Discogs now. Yeah, it hasn't been re released. You you can get it. Yeah, a 1996 copy. Yeah. Uh, will we'll, yeah, it'll set you back about. Uh, 50 quid yeah yeah there you go. yeah so, um, or, yeah I, I, as i say i absolutely love this album and i hope yeah. well maybe maybe 25 years is this year yeah yes yeah, this year it might happen it might happen yeah uh, they, they had they had a second there was a second copy on ebay for quite a good price just before christmas but mm. I, trouble is i i, I did want to pay more than about 20 25 pound for it and i think it went for about mm. 30 and but okay. and I could have pushed it, but then I thought, what was if they re-release it and I can get buy a brand new copy for about twenty twenty five pounds? I think I'd rather. Yeah, that was. Do that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the the, the problem with like vinyl, any vinyl that was released in the mid nineties, the quality was usually pretty bad. Yeah. That was the problem. And, with, it's with, and it's rare because yeah. nobody yeah, bought that's... it. No. Uh, and only limited yeah, yeah. quantities were made. So, exactly. Um, Exactly. Uh, yes, you used to have to go to a big city or London and go into yeah. the big HMV to find any copies of that record yeah. on, on, or order it. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, right then. So let's carry on and move on to my number five. And actually, my number five, I'm surprised you didn't have one of this band in your list. <laughs> it, because... Uh, and that is Different Class by Pulp. Ah, okay. Yeah. Now, Pulp are a band that I've only actually liked later on. <laughs> later okay. On. At okay. the time, for some reason, I don't know why, I wasn't a big fan of them. Out of all the Britpop bands, I mm. love every one, but Pulp I really struggled with. I don't know whether it was because common people 
Sorted yeah. Freezer Wiz and Disco yeah. 2000 were playing to death, especially covered people in Disco 2000. They, they still 2000. are, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disco yeah. 2000 was played yeah. on those local radio stations. Oh, like they had God. it on every half hour, it felt. Yeah. Um, it's a brilliant yeah. album, and but only ever later on have I appreciated pulp more than I did at the time. At the time, I wasn't a fan at all. I don't know if it was particularly. Anything, I don't think it was anything particularly to do with Jarvis Cocker or anything like that. Not really at all. Um, I, mm. I just struggled with them. Um, mm. But later on, later on, I mean, I, I, I've got his, his and hers is a great album because I, I, I think do you remember the first time is probably my favourite pulp song. Mm, uh, mm, uh, this mm. is hardcore. It's quite a good dark album, but it's got a good couple of good hits on that, like "Help the yeah. Eight and yeah. uh, "Time" is a good yeah. one. I think. A little, uh, song. Little, so a little song. Brilliant song. Brilliant song. Brilliant. Um, so um, on this one, I always like something changed. That was the song I'd all I always liked actually. Never yeah, not played enough. Song. Something changed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miss Shapes is good as well, but. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have Pulp in there because I, I remember you. I thought you quite liked them back in the day, so I thought Pulp would sneak in there somewhere. It was going to. I mean, His and Hers was 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 in the running early on. That's my favourite Pulp album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I suppose you know, as amazing as Different Class is, and it is an incredible album, it, it, it kind of falls into that. It's the over familiarity. I can quite happily. I mean, you know, you know, when you're drunk at two in the morning in a club and common people comes on, it's an amazing euphoric rush. Even yeah. now, if you heard it, I think it, I prefer you know. it now than what I did. I did at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I loved it at the time, and then I grew to hate it because yeah. it was just like, oh, you know. It's so um, but you know, it's it was. A, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, his and hers is my favourite pulp album. I think Babies is my favourite pulp song. Mm-hmm. Which was, uh, I think, maybe the first or second single off his and hers. Yeah, and strangely but, enough, it's not on the vinyl, only on the CD version. Oh, really? I never knew that. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Because I've got that's bizarre. That's bizarre. That's like it's one of the most well-known songs. I know. I got the vinyl version of his and hers, and it's not on it. It was only on the CD bizarre. version. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a brutal. It was brutal getting this, this list down to ten. It really, really was, you know. And, and unfortunately, Pulp missed out. And but I love Pulp. And yeah, like you said, shout out this. This is hardcore. It's a wonderful album. Yeah. yeah. So so dark. Yeah. I kind of forget and, how dark it was, you know. And I got the final version of that. And what's funny about that is that that's a double record. And the last yeah. side of it is actually a few of the B sides from the okay. from singles. And one of yeah. them is the um, Tomorrow Never Lies. Yes, yeah, which that was the B side of Help the Aged, wasn't it? Yeah, which was yeah. obviously their their thing they put forward, their song they put forward for the Bond film Tomorrow Never Dies. But yes. uh, yeah. but yeah, I um, it's one album. I think a little bit because I didn't have this album. It's one of the yeah. only of the big Britpop albums yeah. I didn't have originally. Yeah. Um, I think I had it on tape at some point, mm. but I don't think I had it originally because I just for some reason. You know how sometimes as a band, yeah, there <laughs> is, yeah, you can't get yeah. your head around. Yeah. At that point in time, it was pulp, and yeah. I don't know why, because I love the album now. And I think yeah. I, I bought the CD. I think I found it in a, I literally, I would say, not that long ago, maybe ten years ago. I saw yeah. it in a charity shop for a pound, and I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so I haven't had the CD long and then this came out one record store day along with his and hers and this is hardcore and I bought yeah. all three of them um, yes. but I definitely prefer it now to them because maybe because I didn't play it that much uh, yeah yeah obviously I, was I know quite... the singles obviously <laughs> I know the singles, are you but, sure uh, are you sure <laughs> I don't because I didn't play it so much at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, like it was one of the ones that I rinsed a lot towards the end of '95. You know, it was one of the ones that was always on at parties, was always on at, at college, um, and yeah, I, you know, nothing against the album. It was just I think it was purely the over familiarity and the overkill of yeah. a lot a lot of the hits off it. Yeah, yeah. There's no denying those songs. The power. No, no, their time their time was now yeah Yeah. and a little bit pulp i think probably could have gone on and been bigger than they were if they'd hadn't probably taken so long between that album and this is hardcore and yeah yeah didn't they yeah well they they did one final album called oh i can't remember the last time it's called got white and green cover yeah 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 it was produced by scott walker i had had a really good um first single called the trees really good song um but I mean, you know they reformed in was it like 2013 they headlined reading so yeah they did all right you know? yeah they did all right no no yeah. no no they were definitely one of the you know this is hardcore was one of the still went to number one you know yeah, that did. album yeah. go to number one a few mm-hmm. years later so they they were one of the bands that managed to sort of keep that maybe not as popular as different class but still managed to keep that consistency whereas yes. a lot of those bands had a their big album and then Really tailed off. Big fall for price. Yeah. Or like yeah. Deep Shake, for yeah, example. Yeah. Perfect example. And, yeah. Um, you know, that second album, how it, they took too long. They took yeah. too long. You know, yeah. 98, they had Sound of Drums going at number three of the charts. Yep. Yep. That's when the album should have come out. Yeah. That was and, like, it, and it was another, it was another year <laughs> after that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, both the, the first song from that, the second was, from the first was Mystical Machine Gun. Machine Didn't even get in the top 10. No, it's a great song, but yeah, yeah, and you know that you sort of that time started really. Yeah, it, it's so important mm-hmm. following up an album, especially when there's that Absolutely. time period like the Britpop period. Yeah. It was such a small period, and to ca- if you wanted to carry on beyond it, like Oasis did, mm-hmm. like the Manic Street Preachers did, Stereophonics did, you needed to get those albums out consistently and keep yeah keep the fan base almost. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Right, so number four, and it's talking about a band that's always kept their fan base. I've got OK Computer oh, by Radio. Wow, wow. And this, this is one of those albums that I think I liked the first time I heard it, and there's not wow. even Radiohead is difficult to get into sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I can remember loving Paranoid Android, how weird it was. It was such yeah. a strange first single. Yeah. Um, Karma Police is always the one I've really liked on this, but the but some of the um, album tracks are great as well, like Airbag, Airbag Let Down, yeah. uh, Lucky, yeah. uh, The Tourist, um, all that type of thing. I mean, obviously you've got a few like Fitter, Fitter Happier and all that type of thing, but mm. I've always really liked this album. I think it's really innovative. It's still, it had that sort of, direction of what radiohead were going to but it still had songs yes it did yeah this was the bridging out this was the bridging out yeah yeah i mean a lot of people have this in their lot of greatest album of all time not just like their own like the greatest album of all time it's often up there and still is yeah 
Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, we were that year when those Brit Award albums came out, it still didn't win it yeah. because there was other such other good albums as well up against yeah. then then OK Computer and um, no, um, I, I never would say I was the, the world's biggest Radiohead fan, but the two, two of the two albums of their two Brit pop esque albums of the nineties mm. are fantastic. Incredible, yeah, fantastic. I I was I was kind of like polar opposite with you. Like you said, you you got this album and loved it from the second you first heard it. First time I heard it because I was well a massive Benz fan. You know, yeah. I still think I, Benz is my favorite Radiohead album. Yeah, you know. yeah. I I remember hearing um, Paranoid Android on the radio. I thought, wow. What an odd choice for a single, but that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, that's amazing. It, it was almost like I don't know, but like a dark Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a Bohemian Rhapsody for for the kind of Britpop fallout, really. It, comparing them to Queen when that song came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I think I think everyone was expecting after the Benz for them to do a kind of like big kind of grandiose statement on a I don't know, a la U two or something. You know, yeah. you know. Uh, but and then they came out with that, and I I, I remember I didn't buy it at the time but someone did me a copy of it i don't cassette and i just couldn't get on with it i could not get on with it and radiohead went off my radar for so many years after that yeah. i had yeah. a passing interest in kid a and and, and amnesiac yeah and it wasn't until i think it was their their glastonbury performance in maybe i don't know 2012 2013 yeah. around that time i think it was the king of limbs album they headlined glastonbury yeah and they played some. They played quite a lot of OK Computer songs that night. And I don't know if it was just the place that I was in in my head, or I don't know yeah. I had a couple of drinks or whatever. But I, I was transfixed. I was like, oh my god. I, I was like, I need to listen to OK Computer. And I, I remember listening to it the following day, and I was like, I've never been so wrong about an album. Yeah. I feel ashamed <laughs> to say it yeah, now. Yeah. You know, a little bit like me with different class with pulp, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, you know, I, I got there 15 years after yeah. the fact, but I was like, actually, yeah. Actually, yeah, okay, okay, computer is a really good album. You were right. I liked it from straight off because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I ever have with an away uh, with a Radiohead album ever again. I think the, the closest mm-hmm. they've got to that is probably Hail in terms of old Radiohead is Hail to the yeah, Thief. I think yeah, yeah maybe yeah. in Rainbows, maybe in Rainbows is too. But mm-hmm. I found Kid A incredibly difficult to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes think that those albums probably should have either been released as a double straight off the bat or one big album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And got the got that out of the I mean there's a couple of songs I really like off Kid A, but mm. I never have loved it. And I, I find a lot of their songs a, a little bit tuneless since then. Um, yeah, but it's, not every that's... song, don't get me wrong, I'm generalizing, mm. but mm. I mean, it was the kind of road that they went down. I mean, you know, that's, that's why I was thinking, okay, Kapir, it's that bridging album between, you know, it still had, like you said, the anthems and the bangers that they had yeah. on the bends, and and Pablo Honey. There's, yeah, you know, I really, yeah. I really like Pablo. Yeah, Honey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, but you know, but you could see where they were going. It was almost like they were preparing to leave the planet and just following their own path. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, a bit fair play to them because you know, Kid A was Kid A was the number one album in America, I think. I mean, they got legit huge. Yeah, they when did. Kid, they when did, Kid A yeah, came yeah. out, and I'm, you know, and and you know, they're 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 one of those bands. They're on that level now where they're they're too big to play festivals. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know, 
you know, they're beyond festivals. They're kind of their own thing now, you know, and I, I admire them so much for following their own path. Because yeah. I can't imagine how much pressure, record company pressure they must have been under after the Benz. Yeah. And, and, and after OK Computer. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Because you know, the Benz sort of, so. the Benz shocked people a little bit because they didn't expect yeah. this from the band. No, no. Pablo so, you know, you know and, the, oh, they're the band that did Creep. You know, they're yeah, the band yeah, that did that. Yeah. And they ripped off Nirvana and all this and, kind of and stuff. And it was too, released yeah. at a good time as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, just before my top three, because earlier we were talking about some bands I think benefited from Britpop, and there's yes. a few that I've forgotten about. Um, the Beautiful South, I think, mm. definitely benefited from the Britpop yes. era. Um, not obviously their their great hits album had done really well in '94, I think that was released, but they followed those two albums up pretty quickly afterwards. I think Blue in the Color came out in '96, uh, and they did, just yeah. came out in the middle of that Britpop era. And the type of band they were, writing their own songs, a bit of connection to Fatboy Slim at times, yes. really helped them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they became they're probably the pop, most popular that had ever been in that Britpop era between '94 yes. and '98. It was probably the most popular they'd ever been. And well, they were played on the radio a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, radio. Well, I mean, I mean, in '98 yeah, yeah, they had one of their yeah all the time. Or I mean, that was one of their biggest hits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I also think a couple of the non-British bands uh, also did. I know we spoke about some earlier. Um, REM always were popular, but the yeah. Cardigans and the Wanna Dies both. Yeah, massive, massively benefited from yeah. Britpop. The Cardigans did the good thing of changing their sound to sound yeah. like Britpop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Grand no, no, I suppose, I, is a good album, actually. My favourite yeah. track is a crack. Oh, it's a crack. I mean, again, it's like, it's, it, even now, it's played to death. You still hear it on oh. Absolute Radio, and, you know, yeah. it's like, it's one of those songs, it's like Coffee and TV, it's like, you know they've got other songs, right? You know, yeah, and Disco yeah. 2000 and things like that. It's like, oh, here we go. Again. <laughs> and <laughs> I also had a look up um, just randomly on the internet, best Britpop albums. And mm. the band that had a couple in, there was, I can't remember the website, but they had like top 50 Britpop albums. Mm. And I can't remember what they put as number one, to be honest. But a, a band that was in, a, had a couple of albums in that. It's a band that, you don't really think of and i know they sometimes were on some of the shine compilations and that's mm. saint etienne yes a, yeah I, i've never really listened to any saint etienne stuff i Great always like the song he's on the phone yeah. i remember that being shine compilation yeah yeah uh, and that was included in this list i think they had a couple of saint etienne albums on that on that list yeah the the first album fox space alpha is it's a classic i mean the, the first album was 1990 91 i mean their, their first hit was a, a reworking of a neil young song called only love will break your heart yeah yeah uh, you know they did a wonderful kind of dubby dance version of it um i yeah i always liked this and it was it was much more kind of electronica dance yeah. kind of based than than you know indie music but um I think for a time in the mid nineties, she was also, the singer was going out with Tim Burgess from the Charlatans as well. Oh, I think that kind of benefited yeah, from the crossover. From yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's do the top three then. So my number three is one that you've had in your top ten. In it for the money. Supergrass oh, is number three, and one, that's why I didn't wonderful. speak too much about it when you spoke yeah. about it. But yeah, I thought it, I thought I this might be quite high. You you've said everything. This is another album that this grew on me. So I bought this and Telling Stories by the Charlatans the same day. I think at the time, first listen, I preferred Telling Stories because it's much more of a media yeah. album. 
And it was yes. about a year, or, a year or so later, um, I was some, you know, when you're at uni, you have time to kill and you yeah. don't go out. And believe it or not, you don't go out every night. Oh, no. <laughs> one, one night, there was this one-off BBC drama on. I don't remember what on earth it was about. All I remember is they used this album as the soundtrack to it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so literally, exclusively, they had songs from this in it. Wow. Songs like um, It's Not Me, yeah. um, uh, Hollow Little Rain, I think, was used in it, uh, Late in the Day, all that type of thing was wow. was used in it. And as as like a soundtrack, and I was like, I'm gonna have to listen to that album because it was used really well in this yeah, drama. Yeah. I, just, I can't remember what the drama was about. Yeah. And, yeah. and I went back to it, and I was like, this is brilliant, this album. And late in the day, I think is oh, it's wonderful, wonderful song. My favourite Supergrass song. When I saw them live, mid noughties yeah. yeah. um, this comes out so well. The so atmospheric the song is as yeah. well. It comes yeah. so well live. Um, and it's a nice, concise album as well. It yes, flows it lovely. It has that thing with the first track where you think it's what's happened to my CD player. Yeah, it yeah. It does. It kind of does that jump cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, goes straight into Richard the Third. Yeah, it's really um, Tonight's a great song. It's got those. As you, I think you were sort of going. It had that sort of jauntiness of the first album, mm. but toned down. Yeah, well, yeah. And sort of a bit more grown up, a bit more gnarly, I think you used the word for it. Yeah, it was gnarly, especially like the, the opening riff to Richard III. I mean, the first yeah, time I heard that, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I you always know. liked going out. Um, yeah. I remember the brother of the CD single of that, which, I mean, it came out a good, almost a year before it this album. It was a year before, some, yeah, it was. And yeah. I was, yeah. I was always yeah. slightly surprised because the reviews of this album were up there. You know, yeah, this and I'm yeah, always yeah, yeah, yeah. quite surprised this didn't do quite as well as it possibly should have done. Um, yeah, if you look, oh, we've just been, you know, look at the best albums, Brit, you know, the best yeah. album, Brit albums, it wasn't in there. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of albums to choose from around that period. Um, mm-hmm. um but I do think it's an absolute, and I'm, I'm so waiting, like, like uh, Dodgy's three piece suite. I'm so waiting for them to re-release this on vinyl. So yes, I know yeah. um, they released a couple of years ago a, like a new best of album, and yes, they released all the albums on picture disc in this box set. Okay, nice. But nice. released them individually, and I don't particularly mm. want a picture disc because picture discs never sound so good anyway. No, the they don't. Sound, no, they don't. Never yeah. Good. Um, for some reason, but. I'm hoping that maybe at some point, I mean, some of the albums you, you go into like an HMV or you go online, you see some yeah. albums that you buy on vinyl. Now you go, you can get this, but you can't get this. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks bizarre. It's I don't know if they're, although that is holding out for the, because next year will be the 25th anniversary well, yes, of the Nip for the yes. Money. So I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a super deluxe edition coming out. So. I mean, yeah. it's all about box sets these days with physical yeah. media, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I hope, I'm hoping that's going to happen to Dodgy's Free Piece Week this year. And hopefully, yes, yeah, that's 25 years next year. But because yeah. I'd love this environment. And as you said, when we were yeah, talking about right. Dodgy's Free Piece Week, trying to. One, trying to find an original vinyl copy of this is like gold dust because not many were made. Yeah. And two, the quality of them were very good. Serious money. 
you, uh, you know, you don't really. No, that's the thing with 90s vinyl. You know, you might as well spend 20, 20, 25 quid on a nice new copy than 50, 60 quid on a 90s copy that's. Exactly. So thin. Hey. <laughs> yeah, paper thin vinyl, but yeah, it's like those yeah. free, uh, those free plastic floppy discs, Fle- flexi discs, yeah, 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 flexi discs. Just get with magazines. Yeah, yeah. I know, so, rubbish. <laughs> that's my number three. Now, my number two, we started talking about it, so I sort of moved on. My number two is radio. Ah, okay. Now, this is the only time I've actually put two of the same artist in, but I couldn't choose between them yeah. that much Benz is my favorite one definitely just because it's every song yes. is brilliant it is such yeah. a good it's incredible it is such you know this every, you know, it's like the Benz word even, even a single is a great song yeah. um, nice dream is yeah. a great song uh and black star and it to end with street spirit i like the way that the the, the hits are really spread out across yeah. the album yeah. You know, there's a lot of yeah. hits on it, actually. Yeah. Um, really spread out across the album. So I always think that's that's a good thing to do when you spread your hits because it, it, it keeps yeah. the album more consistent. If you've got not so good yeah. album tracks, it just yeah. uh, it's yeah. album tracks as well. But yeah, so I'm at number two, the Benz. And I know, you know, you've yeah. said all about it, but yeah, I, I, to follow yeah, it up. Yeah, there's the nothing Benz, more I can add. This, these sort of two hit albums. You know, there's not many bands that have done two albums like that, and they followed up. No, nope. they followed up quite quickly with OK Computer. This was '95. OK Computer was '97. '97, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, very quick. Um, different sound with OK Computer. Nigel Godrich mm. doing the production. I think the majority of the production of this was done by John Lecky. So there is yeah. different sound, different sound yeah, to both is. of the albums. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of those albums probably released at such a good time for them oh, it was perfect, yeah, it was perfect right time. Time for them. i mean it didn't go to number no, one did it no it, it didn't album, but it was this so. it was a sl- it was a slow burner of an album it hung yeah. around for a long time but, it, but i think with that album it wasn't just brit pop that helped it it also alternative rock 90s like american alternative rock yeah, yeah. you know with bands like the smashing pumpkins and, and the foo fighters just coming out in 95 you know alliance morissette's um I think that kind of benefited Radiohead as well. It wasn't just a kind of whole Britpop thing, you know. Yeah. Was, they, yeah, they they, did, with this album, it did sort of go across a few of the... Mm-hmm. Oh, big time, big time. Uh, and Radiohead don't really... There isn't really a genre to describe... If you went through their whole career, it's not really a genre to describe Radiohead, is there? No, there isn't. <laughs> not, not anymore, not anymore. Album, really, isn't it? Not anymore, um, no, no, certainly not. But it's a phenomenal album, The Benz, mm-hmm. and it's my favourite. I, I do prefer it to OK Computer, but not by much... But I do prefer it to a OK computer. Right, so my number one, you didn't have it in your top ten at all. But nope. it's the Verve's Urban Hymns is my number ah, one. Ah, okay. This album, I absolutely love this album. It's got that real. This is the album that I think people wanted to be here now to be. Um, not yeah. me necessarily, but I think this uh-huh. came came out just at this slightly more melancholy coming yeah. out around the time it did as well. Yeah, which was literally it came out weeks, if not the same, couple of weeks after Princess Diana died. Yeah, yeah, sort of melancholy, much more melancholy acoustic. Obviously, there are actually a couple of quite rockier ones on this, but yes, the is a rigid, 
but I think it was Richard Ashcroft's solo album. It was, yeah, it was. So it was. To finish it off and mm. write a couple of other songs, and um, it really benefited from that in some respects because, especially the second half of the album, is very sort of a melancholy. But it's good songs with them as well. You know, yes. they're not just yeah. it's, it's you know, Lucky Man, um, One Day, This Time, Space and Time, um, are all really great songs. Obviously, mm-hmm. and there's Sonnet, The Drugs Don't Work, yeah. Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can, can you, can you, track. Yeah, <laughs> but can, but can you think of a better opening song of an album from that era than Bittersweet Symphony? The way it builds, that whole tension and release of that opening yeah. kind of couple of minutes is it's unbelievable. I know it's played to death, and it's in that drawer with Common People yeah, yeah. and you know Song Two and <laughs> you know insert Britpop anthem here. Yeah, but yeah. I love I do I love Bittersweet Symphony. I love yeah. I always did. It's an amazing, it's an amazing song, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then to, and then the second track goes straight into Sonnet, and then you've yeah. got the Rolling People, which yeah, Rolling yeah, People's great. People yeah. come on are actually quite sort of a quite heavy tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was good. Probably, you know, I'm probably going back to the old days of the Verve because they, yeah, yes. they were one of those bands that sort of jammed, and the song came from the jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was they were, you know you listen to the early stuff. It's quite it's quite sort of psychedelic, uh, shoegazy, very riffy. You know, yeah. heavy, big distorted guitars. You know, you know. I'm not going to lie. That's the Verve I prefer. You know, um, you know. I, I, I was. You know, I remember. You know, when it was announced that the Verve were reforming, I was like, okay, great. You know, a bit of unfinished business. You know, because I loved a Northern Soul. That's yeah. my favorite Verve album. And I heard Bittersweet Symphony, incredible. And then the second single, <laughs> excuse me. You know, drugs don't work. And I, I, I'm still. It's 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 too melancholic for me. Yeah. It's too it's a sad song. It is yeah, really... it is. Uh, I don't know. I've for some reason I've always had a massive issue with the line like a cat in a bag waiting to drown. I've always yeah. had really. I've always had massive issues with that <laughs> lyric. I don't know why. Um, yeah, and then yeah, but Lucky, Lucky Man's a great song. And like because um, there was a video made for Sonic. I don't think it was yeah, ever released as a single. It was, like, it was released as like a twelve-inch only vinyl. Uh, okay. I've seen it in shops. Like I mean, limited edition 12 inch vinyl, and that was it. I mean, but, 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 but I think by the time that was sort of the video was on MTV and stuff, they'd, they'd already split up again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, the album hung around for ages. I mean, yeah, 98, yeah. it kept going back to number one, and it did yeah, well in America and yeah, all yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. It was a huge old album, and uh, it's sort of it's a shame that they couldn't uh, get on to. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I, I think it was it was it was more a case of the the you know the friction that can make some bands work, like yeah. with like you know be that I don't know Nolan and Liam or yeah. you know Damon and Graham that kind of fr- that artistic friction, yeah, but yeah. sometimes it can work. You yeah. know that's what you know in, in the verse case it was Ashcroft and uh, Nick McCabe, yeah. and that's the thing that you know it works in time, but it, but it, that that's always what makes the band implode. And it <laughs> and then it happened. It was the fact that they reformed again. And then split up again. It's just like, yeah, like, really? it's like you can't get this really? they did fourth came out in 2008, didn't it? And, yeah, it, um, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. It's, yeah. It's, but um, yeah, um, and I mean, that's when you sort of have to give Nolan Liam their credit. I know they never yeah. got on that well. They managed to stick at it for about 15, 16 years. Know, yeah, they did all right actually. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> the first album came out in '94. They split up in 2009. It was by the time, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. 2000. It was 2000. Uh, 2009. Yes, it was 2000 because yeah. that was that yeah. tour, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, actually, my friend saw their last ever gig. 
because he oh, really? went oh, was, to was that, that festival up in um it was the was it v99 was it v99 it'd be v 2009 wouldn't it yeah, sorry, 2000. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. So it's at Leeds and Chelmsford days. Yes, yes. No, not Leeds and Chelmsford. Stafford and Chelmsford. Yeah. The V Festival used to be. And yeah, yeah. Even even though he he even though Chelmsford is closer to where yeah. he lives, he went yeah. to the Stafford one. Yeah, so they yeah, played yeah. Stafford the first night. Okay. And he saw them, and then yeah. they split up, and they didn't play Chelmsford yeah, the second yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to swap the V ones, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we saw. I, I think that wow. festival was the, the last part of the tour because I'd seen them on that tour at Wembley yeah. Stadium. I yeah. think those gigs were supposed to be. I think they might have had a couple more in Europe to do, but yeah. I think they were really at the end. They more or less had done the whole tour. The whole tour, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we saw them the last. Wow. The last time my friend did. So good. I went saw at Wembley yeah. Stadium. It was yeah. pouring down rain, and they were still as good as yeah. ever yeah. but um but you know you, like you say that type of friction that mccabe and ashcroft had they just couldn't keep it together no, you no. know it's good it's the only two albums originally yeah. split up yeah. after all so got back together had their biggest album of their career yeah. you know their follow-up album would have been another big album yeah it would have been huge huge would have been so yeah it, if they'd managed to follow it up in 99 2000 it yeah. would have been a big album huge and yeah so you, obviously you were really not getting on if you can't do that. And then as you say, yeah. they bury the hatchet, get together again, make yeah. another album. Yeah. And then go on tour yeah. and after the tour disband again. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do it, are they? So yeah. um, as I say, in some respects, Liam and Noah, I don't think, got on for a, quite a few number of years, but they managed I to think, stick at it I quite think a for while. The, for the majority <laughs> of their career, to be fair, I, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. But, uh, anyway, so that was my um, number one, Urban Hymns the Verse. So I'll just quickly go through my top ten again. So at ten was The Man Who, Travis. Number nine, Jollification, The Lightning Seeds. Number eight, Coming Up, Suede. Seven, K, Kuda Shaker. Six, Free Piece Sweet, Dodgy. Five, Different Class Pulp. Four, OK Computer, Radiohead. Three, In It For The Money, Supergrass. Two, The Benz, Radiohead. And number one, Urban Hymns the Verve. So... Uh, there Crack we go. There's then, our, two, yeah, our two um, Thank you again, guys, for listening to us. Uh, this is Music and Film Saves the World podcast. Gareth and I'll be back again at some points, uh, doing uh, doing some rankings or talking about musical films that we love. Um, so from then, as I say, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care.